0: To the Never Watchers, um, I'm uh, doing the hosting today. Um, that's me, Kurt Lewin,
1: and my co-host today is Pete. How are you doing, Pete? Hello. Yeah, doing very well. Once it still feels weird being on the other end rather than hosting. Yeah. <laughs> so. So, so uh, yeah. Um, hope you're well, mate. Yeah, I'm. I'm doing doing good. Thanks. Uh, So,
0: the film that we're going to be covering today um, was actually a tie last time. It was between, in in the listener boat, it was between uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once and Nope. Um, In all honesty, the reason that we went with Nope is because it was available for free on um, (laughs) um, on Now TV, which we both, uh, or Sky Movies, which
1: we both have. Um, Yeah, that's something I may not have access to forever because of due to potential house moving soon, so better make use of it whilst we can. Mm. Um, And I think it used to be on Disney+,
0: Plus, but yeah, it it moved off there. And Mm. everything everywhere all at once used to be on Amazon Prime, but when I looked for that, that had gone as
1: well. So anyway. Oh, rude. That's disappointing because I it was on there for the longest time and now yeah. it's not. So maybe it will go to a Netflix or another streamer. Who knows? Hmm. Um, so yeah, we're covering Nope. So
0: Nope is um, directed by Jordan Peele. Uh, it's the third um, film that he has directed after both Get Out and Us. Um, yep. It's also written by and produced by Jordan Peele. Uh, it's yeah. It stars um, Daniel uh, Kaluuya. Um, uh, yeah, you got that pretty spot on, actually. Daniel Kalua Right. Cool. So he plays uh, Emerald or M. Um, and then his uh, sister... Um, oh, sorry, no. Um, Emerald or M is Keke Palmer. Otis, um, also known as OJ, is um, Daniel Kaluuya. Um, okay. Then we've also got Stephen Yeon... Um, Michael Wincott uh, Brandon Pereira and Keith David Um, yeah it's a very minimal cast I would say yeah for sure and I guess there is some pretty heavy hitting actors in there like Daniel Kaluuya especially Um, I only really
1: recognise Stephen Ewan from uh, The Walking Dead but, um, yeah, I I thought I recognised him from somewhere. Didn't look up his IMDb beforehand, and then I saw Walking Dead. I was like, oh yeah, of course he was. I didn't recognise Keke Palmer though. You... I can't say I have either, mm. but uh, obviously a couple of these people like um, Brandon Pereira, I I wasn't sure uh, what I'd seen him in either. But um, Keith David, obviously, you know, massive actor. Mm. So.
0: Before we just get your initial what your thoughts on the film, I just mm-hmm. had a quick question for you.
1: Um, sure.
0: Have you seen Jordan Peele's previous films? Uh,
1: I haven't seen Us, but I have seen Get Out. So, right. um, and uh, I would say that I watched the first season of the rebooted Twilight Zone that he did as well. Right. So, I'm um, I do quite like his his work. Have you seen the the re-
0: Boot of Candyman. So he, no, he was involved with that as well, but he didn't
1: direct it. Oh, okay, yeah, so you know. So, did he write Candyman as well? I'm not sure. Okay, I'd have to look um, it up because I think, did. I think the films that he writes and directs, I'm, i I, don't mind um, when he's heavily involved in the process. I think, but so, there yeah. are some obviously that he's not as, as involved, like producing, which is more Twilight Zone, I would say. Yeah, so he did. He did write Candyman as well. It seems. Oh, Okay, uh, that might be on the list to have a look at.
0: Uh, i have
1: seen it, um, and anyway, I thought it was it was okay. Um, yeah, see, I, I'm not as familiar with the source material. To be fair, I haven't I watched not. the originals. I haven't
0: seen the original, but okay. Anyway, what what did you think of Get Out? Because um, for uh, me, I. <sighs>
1: I really like Get Out. Mm. Um, the first so the first time I I watched it I loved it. Um, I think it's one of those films that once the mystery is discovered, it's quite difficult to go back and re watch it with fresh eyes because you know what's coming, you know what's you know the mystery behind the whole thing. So it takes away some of the spectacle. But mm. it's still enjoyable. It's got some great performances, it's got a, a really interesting narrative um and for a modern horror movie it's very much psychological compared to the older sort of um slasher horrors that is clearly the inspiration to some degree yeah yeah so, um, um i'm guess i'm guessing you you're a big fan of jordan pills aren't you um yes i would
0: say i i really love to get out um i, do, I would agree though that on repeated viewings it's not as good as that first time you watch it because like you say the mystery is gone um yeah and i definitely felt it with watching this again um okay but um yeah i'm a big fan of his. I, I thought us was um was good but um not as good nowhere near as good as get out i think it's okay um i for me, I would put Us and Nope around the same level,
1: and then Get Out. Um, okay. Like yeah, it's, it... it it's very. Um, it seems to be the case that if you're a Jordan Peele fan, you usually put Get Out at the top because it is such a breakthrough, um, mm. breakthrough like directorial performance by him as well as like uh, writing side of things as well because he he is a really really good writer. He, yeah. he understands a narrative. He understands a plot, and he understands the mechanics behind it all, which mm-hmm. is great. Yeah. And he's a very more. He's very old school, as you would say, to like the producing, the directing, the writing. It's more sort of akin to like Steven Spielberg and um, mm. uh, Peter Jackson and people like that. Yeah, you you can
0: tell when he is when he's involved. Like even with yes. Candyman, I could tell he had his influence on it
1: Um, yeah he has a very particular style
0: yeah the the only thing I would maybe slightly disagree on is that even well I think he is a great writer but I also think sometimes uh, well particularly with Us and um, and Nope that the message of or the the stuff I think it can be a little too confusing basically to some degrees yes um because it's touching on a lot of themes here in both films and mm-hmm. some like in all honesty in the moment of watching the film it goes over my head and it's only when I read about it afterwards and talk to people about it that are cleverer than me um, that you <laughs> begin to
1: understand some of the themes that it's touching on Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to disagree with that it did require me a, to do a little bit of... Um bit of reading after the fact of this one Mm. okay so yeah let's let's get your um, thoughts on what you thought of nope okay so you sent me a message earlier that made me laugh and um, i I decided not to comment on too much on it because I was actually gonna bring this up myself this is a nope from me oh right okay I was not a big fan of this film unfortunately Mm. Um, it's uh, Initial reactions is It's well performed It's got um, So Daniel Kaluuya does a, a, a bang up job in it As per usual I think he's pretty much fantastic in most things that he does And he's brilliant mm-hmm. um, Most of the performances are pretty good I just felt like the mystery Was not really a mystery too much Because it was quite obvious um, And I think the second half of the movie sort of falls flat a bit. Like the the first the first half of it is more intriguing, but then the second half sort of it feels like it goes sort of generic actiony sort of movie to some degree. Um, and I just don't feel like the main mechanic of the am I spoiling it now by saying I, I guess the alien. Mm. Um, the ship itself I don't really understand how it works and I don't think it's explained very well within the film, to be honest
0: yeah, I I get what you're saying Um, you mean in terms of um, it's not made clear whether it's a living organism or
1: whether it's like a ship yeah, and also like you know when there are a couple of moments when people are taken up into the ship and yeah. they're they're basically dead after that, aren't they? Mm. You'll never see them again because they've been eaten, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that part's explained particularly well. Also, there's a there's a thing later on in the film where um, where OJ is said says don't look it don't look it in the eye, and it's like well. I don't know. They didn't really explain why you wouldn't do that, apart from a small byline that says you never look an apex predator in the eye.
0: Um, I don't know. I disagree there. But I think there's a lot of foreshadowing
1: to that. Um,
0: in terms yeah, of I the... mean,
1: okay, so to
0: put, like with the... put this into perspective. Yeah, Karen. Like with the um, near the beginning, we, we have the horse that. Um, Freaks out when it's got
1: the put them you put the mirror in front of its face. Um. Oh, okay, yeah, all right. So I've, I have probably have missed a few things here and there. Uh, just to put it in perspective, I did watch this quite early on in the morning and probably wasn't fully awake. Right. No. <laughs> so, yeah, food for thought. Don't watch movies at eight thirty in the morning before you've got work. <laughs> <laughs> um, but. I I don't know if it necessarily changes my mind on it. It's whilst I was compelled by um, Get Out, I I just don't think I had the same visceral reaction to to this that I did with Get Out, and it's pretty clear that obviously Jordan Peele is crafting um, crafting movies that he clearly like based around movies he loves, and you know Get Out is very psychological. This one is very much a Close Encounters of the Third. Uh, of the third kind sort of similar style you know it's your massively sci-fi sort of but grounded on earth sort of story and you can tell a lot of influences that there I just I' just not sure it worked to be honest. I think just not for me anyway.
0: I think the films that it um, that others have compared it to most are the ones are the monster films like your Jaws um, mm-hmm. Alien, because you've got this creature or monster in the UFO mm-hmm. that isn't revealed for in it for a very long time in the film. Sure.
1: Um, so that and I kind of agree with that comparison. Um, yeah. So when I was actually looking through the trivia of this, um, there was actually one that came up that said that Jordan Peele cites King Kong, mm. Jurassic Park. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Signs, and The Wizard of Oz as influences on the film. Mm. So he considers these uh, films as examples of addiction to spectacle, uh, which is a major f- uh, theme in the film. Yeah, yeah, I do. Well, I, I say I agree. Uh, I, yeah, I, I, it's <laughs> coming from the
0: horse's mouth there. Um, uh, yeah. Quite literally, yeah. Yeah,
1: so, so I think he does that successfully. Um, However, yeah, it's like I said. You can definitely tell the influences throughout the movie for sure. I'm I'm gonna throw this out there though, and this may be controversial.
0: I'm saying though, it's influenced by Signs. I think Signs mm-hmm. does a better job than this film at that
1: at what it's trying to do. Okay, I'm not going to completely disagree with you at all, because I think um, out of the M. Night Shyamalan movies, Signs is probably the one that's slept on the most. I think it's a brilliant movie, with exception to the very end, mm. and how the aliens are defeated themselves. But I think everything leading up to that point is wonderful.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, it's it's the typical Shyamalan needs to have a twist at the end of the movie, and I just don't feel like the twist works particularly well. But I think I think it's a lot more impactful than this movie for sure. And I think the performances, whilst great in this movie, I think are absolutely top notch in signs.
0: Hmm. Uh, um, I'm adding uh, old to the list after this um, films to call old. It. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you know what I'm talking about? Fil- that film? Um, Shyamalan? Mm. Uh, yeah, I do, yeah. and... God, oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, I, uh, like that film. <laughs> but anyway, well, that's for another time. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's
1: the definitely a different episode, for sure. Alright, so,
0: let's get into the plot. So, yeah, just stop me whenever you want to chime in with something. Um, oh, absolutely, yeah. So... We're in California at the Haywood um, uh, family uh, ranch, and this is a family that over there, um, their history of trained and handled horses for film productions. And one Mm -hmm. day at the the ranch, um, some small metallic objects start violently falling from the sky, and um, stuff like quarters, and I think that is what, a, a quarter is what kills um, his dad otis
1: senior i believe so because i think there's shots throughout the movie that actually has the co- the um the coin on the wall doesn't it yeah and there's a, a shot of it in like a bloody bag um yes w- uh, alongside uh, his dad um otis uh, is it otis senior is not yeah, it yeah yeah um next to his obviously um his dead body yeah. Well, so when they're in the hospital. and I was a bit confused by this to start, obviously, but I guess that's the intended purpose, it's supposed to set up the mystery. Um, uh, I, was just I, thinking... I think for me, the most interesting shot, actually, is one of the... one of the... Um, the one with the back... the hind legs of the horse that actually has something sticking out of it. I thought that was a really weird shot, but it was really interesting. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I think it really... I think it's a great opening, and in, into you're just really thinking, what the hell is is happening here?
1: Cause... Yeah, because you get a bit of a uh, electrical disturbance, don't you? And then like the 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 camera pans round to follow um to follow OJ, and then it pans back round, and his dad is basically just flopping off the horse, and it's like, what the hell has happened here? Hmm. He's literally turned away for a few seconds. Yeah. So. Do you now know what happened here? So I believe it's the alien has sucked up something from somewhere else and mm. has spat it back out. Yeah, I think so. Be... And, and I think this is sort of explained later on when it takes up the um, takes up something like the uh, the banners, isn't it? And it spits it back out.
0: Yeah, the, but the bit that really cemented it for me was when. Um, it sucks up all the people at the show later on and then yeah. it, it spits them all the the remains of those people out
1: yes, so all the bits of flesh that it hasn't been out, like all the bits that it can't be digested basically it just yeah. removes and, yeah, because there's stuff like
0: coins and things like that that get dispensed onto the house as well
1: Yes, yeah. and I don't know why skipping ahead slightly, but there was um, there was one shot there actually that I really do love, and this is why I really like Jordan Peele as a as a filmmaker. Whilst whilst I didn't enjoy the narrative as much in this one, he has got a very good eye for shots and for mm. camera angles and all that, and I really like that. It's later on when uh, they're being attacked, and it's completely hacking it down out like in the ha- when they're all in the house. But it's raining blood, mm. and I'm like, "Whoa, that was really cool." And you could see it sort of staining the White House, and I was yeah, like, yeah. "Now I really like that." Like it's a real contrast between the the horrible weather and like this absolutely heinous thing that's happening to them all. It's like, "Whoa, my god!" Yeah, I'd say that moment
0: in the film is the the bit that um, goes into the horror genre the most.
1: Yeah, it's it's definitely one of those. Yeah, it it's those moments. There are certain moments throughout it that feel horror, that feel very horror. But then I'd say the vast majority of it of it is quite psychological as well. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I was just thinking, does the film actually open up
0: with the? Um, it's like a very short scene of the. Um, the yes, it sitcom? does.
1: yes it does because that obviously comes up much later it reveals the mystery a bit more but it does show like a very brief shot of um, a dead body right and it's the woman uh, specifically the mum isn't it Mm. and it's the it's the thing that that stood out to me the most was the shoe that was stood up and I was like yeah and then then you get into this scene and I'll go through through this bit of trivia that I found is that um, Kiki Palmer's introduction scene where she's going onto the set so where Emerald delivers her energetic and fast talking monologue about family history during safety meeting on set Mm -hmm. um, on the set of a film shoot took 14 takes to shoot and um, Jordan Peele described it uh, each one as very wildly different right so some of that could have been ad-libbed. Some of that could have been rehearsed. But I, I would say that probably some of it is a bit of a mix between all the fourteen takes, and it probably works either way. Yeah,
0: she immediately find out that she's like quite a cat. Well, she's the total opposite of her brother.
1: Yeah, her brother is like massively dedicated towards the craft, isn't he? He wants to keep the family business going as as best that he can. But they're obviously struggling financially. Um, yeah. but she's sort of like very lapsed comes in and does her bit when she feels like she has to and then buggers off
0: yeah well on that set the horse gets freaked out and that causes them to be um, sacked effectively from um, being able to um,
1: do the job and, and is that the, the scene where you, you said where they have the mirror in front of them and the horse kind of freaks out yeah yeah okay
0: um and um yeah so as just as you said they're in some financial problem difficulty uh so in order to raise some money they go to um uh ricky Duke park um which well he's the guy that runs this western theme park called jupiter's claim and yeah he what he wants to... Sell, OJ wants to sell him some of their horses to raise some money.
1: Um, yeah, and they're, they're, they're within the grand scheme of like the distances between the two. They're, they're not overly far away, so they, they're considered neighbours to some degree, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. So um, they have a good relationship with each other. You can kind of tell that straight away. Yeah. Um, I
0: don't know if this is the... I think it must be the first time, at least, that um, it's... His sister Emma's met Ricky. Yeah. Um, just from the way that she's speaking to him in his office. Um,
1: cause she's yeah, because it not. it comes available towards uh, in the part of that scene is that he was involved in this family sitcom that had a massive tragedy happen, which is obviously plays out later on in the movie where you get the full picture of what's happened. Yeah. So. This is, like, one of the themes of the film,
0: um, is that he's using this tragedy from his past, or, in ex, he's exploiting it, really. Yeah. Um, by... He's got, like, this museum, and he's also... Um, he's got the show outside as well. mm mm-hmm. Um So, it's, yeah, it's kind of... It, it plays into the... Uh, the the human races, or the current human race, anyway, um, need to
1: monetize even the most horrific things. But yeah, and do you say that's more of like a scathing indictment of society today? Because there are a lot of ability and a lot of people out there who do tend to monetize tragedy. Yeah, that's what I got from it anyway, and yeah, I, I got that feeling too. it's it? that's one of the things that I think Peel does quite, very, quite well actually, is that he tends to mirror real world politics and real world situations with movies like obviously Get Out had like a massive thing to do with racism mm. um, this has monetizing tragedies, obviously I can't speak of us, but yeah, he's, he's quite good at, the, at blending those sorts of narratives, I think it's probably one of his strongest points
0: Yeah, and I think even though you could kind of argue that um, OJ and M are like the so-called good guys in this scenario they are also exploiting tragedy and um, by trying to get this ultimate money shot of the creature
1: They are, yeah, I didn't really think about that at all, oh wow And also earlier in the film um, something
0: I I even think that racism plays a part in this film as well but it's kind of um, uh, not that the roles are reversed but basically what I'm trying to um, get across is that um, we see like these attacks that people film on their camera phones of like racist attacks and stuff like that which again Mm -hmm. plays into the whole Um, trying to get clicks and um, exploit bad things that are happening in the world Um, but even oj he's um suspect that in terms of later on or not too far into the film when he's on his ranch and even he gets his phone out to film those what he thinks at the time are the aliens yeah which are just those
1: Kids in mass. Oh god, those stupid kids! But yeah. that's a typical sort of thing that you would get in a horror movie, anyway. With uh, the uh, the random jump scare. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it work It does work quite well, actually. It did give it me did, a little yeah, bit yeah. of a chuckle. Yeah, it did me. <laughs> so, but yeah, it's just so yeah, I've I, I'd ha- I'd have to agree with that actually. Like, I didn't really think about that. Is that everyone to a certain degree? Whilst you have your your main characters who are supposed to be your heroes they're not exactly the most um they are a bit morally questionable in what why they are doing what they're doing they're not doing it to save the town or to save the ranch to some degree they're doing it to get the shot of the alien yeah,
0: because um, at, at the end of the film where you've got that guy I think he has got a name but I can't remember um... uh,
1: that w- uh, and. And Teela's Hoist, I think his name was. It's not explained in the movie at all. Do you know who? Um, who are you talking about? The guy. So on that's the, the name Uh Oh not sorry, I'm talking about the director. Oh right, no. Um so um, well, Oh the the guy from T M Z Yeah. So yeah, he's not he has a name, but apparently like it's hard to find well it's not hard to find on IMDB but it's just like it's not mentioned once in the movie yeah
0: it's really strange yeah so what I was gonna say about him was he's seen as like a bad guy because he's coming onto the ranch Um, he's like a conspiracy theory UFO guy um, Mm -hmm. that's normally the object of ridicule but at the end of the day He's only trying to do exactly the same thing as what um, OJ is. Tra- yeah, he's, trying to get a
1: shot. Yeah, but yeah he's the one that's chased off of the ranch. Yeah. Yeah, it's a bit strange, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Everyone's
1: so, very morally questionable. Yeah. So. Yeah, I can't remember what,
0: how we got to this point, but
1: um, anyway. Uh, I think I think it's the ex- the exploitation of tragedy yeah so yeah
0: from ricky with his um what happened with the with the show he was on Gordy. um yeah right so um one night um, back on the ranch um the haywoods notice that the electricity is fluctuating and the it's freaking the horses out Um, Mm -hmm. and they discover a ufo has been taking their horses and spitting out the the inorganic matter which could have possibly explained um, his father's death earlier in the film
1: Um, yeah I think that's probably the most probably the most simple way to understand that is that something has happened around near the ranch and as a result of something being eaten that the alien shouldn't have it spat it out and Poor old um, OJ Senior has been on the on the receiving end.
0: Yeah. So I remember actually when I first saw that opening scene, um, I thought was it a targeted attack?
1: That's what I thought as well. But really, it is just random bad luck, isn't it? I think a lot of a lot of the people that tend to get taken in this movie is somewhat bad luck until. Um, until the show and then they're all I think all of them are absolutely ripe to be taken because they know what they're getting in for yeah
0: so it's kind of like uh, red um, what is it I can't remember the expression there red something or other
1: to a ball (laughs) oh the uh, uh, red cape
0: yeah red cape to a wall yeah yes
1: yeah, yeah it's like trying to wind it up basically they knew what they were doing and they should have expected that as an outcome but like you said it does fit within the theme of the movie mm. Um, so yeah the the siblings decide to
0: that they, they want to document and sell the evidence of the UFO's existence so yeah. they they go to an electronics store and meet up um, with this employee called um, Angel Torres and he
1: sets them up with some surveillance cameras Yeah. Um, so I have a quick question about him do you think that he is the one that is the least morally questionable of all of them despite the fact that he does tend to hack into their security um, cameras after the fact uh, so after he sells them and installs them he sort of knows what they're doing yeah, but I would say that he's got the same
0: motives as, a, as the rest of them. He, he's just as eager to get the money shot as
1: anyone else. Um, I, yeah, I, I would agree. To start with, he didn't... he probably is probably one of the worst characters in that that respect, but I think as as the movie goes on, he... I, I think he wants to get involved more probably because he has a bit of a rapport with them as well. Well, yeah... Uh, and there's a bit where they're sat around
0: um, at the table having dinner like the night before mm-hmm. the operation's going to go down yeah. and um, it's it's almost like he's trying to justify it beyond just the money that they might get for this he's trying to, he's saying stuff like um, we're going to be we're going to be saving lives it's going to be a world changing moment uh, yeah like there's going to be other good that can come from this
1: and he's not necessarily wrong because obviously people don't know about the existence of aliens yeah. so yeah, to, it's let not the wrong. World, to let the world know would be a great thing to do obviously and especially if one is very hostile like one of the three possibilities that he states which turns out to be absolutely true they are very hostile mm-hmm. or it is very hostile because we don't know whether or not it's a race of aliens or whether it's just a singular yeah. but you would imagine it's probably singular because it's just one ship that eats everything
0: yeah so um, the next day um, M tries to recruit a famous cinematographer called Antlers Holst um, to help mm. them record the UFO uh, initially he declines and he specifically says chasing the, the wealth and fame is a dream that you will
1: never wake up from um, yeah because and what I found interesting about this is when he's talking to them, is that during that whole time, is he's got footage that either he's done or someone else has of predators attacking their prey. Yeah. And I thought that was really well done actually, because it sets that in motion throughout, like quite early on. Yeah. And he, he's obviously speaking from experience because he's probably someone that has tried to chase this very frequently himself
0: yeah to me he comes across as um, what might well I guess you could compare it to some real world directors Is like disillusioned with the current state of the movie industry and um, so I think he, I'm pretty sure he's the one who's on the set at the beginning um, mm. who's doing this advert or whatever it is um, well the um, one that they get kicked off of yeah and oh, okay so i think that's why emma's got the connection
1: there and
0: that and that um, would
1: make sense but i didn't notice that let's say so well, maybe d- on a rewatch i probably would see it
0: yeah i didn't initially but i'm now and, and listeners may be able to correct me i'm sure he says to her um, either in this phone call or later on that the studio like owes him one or something like that because he's been doing this effectively um, grunt work from a cinematographer's point of view of like these yeah. these adverts or whatever it is, okay. uh, and so he's kind of owed one to indulge his more creative side because to me it does come across as a very disillusioned character, um, yeah, and. Like a bit depressed about his whole situation, and this eventually, when he agrees to do it, once he's been given some evidence of the um, stationary cloud, um, yeah. it like, lights the fire in him again. To
1: yeah, come up it's, with a al- shot. Did it's that- almost like he's looking for a new project that's gonna like entice him because everything else has been so cookie cutter and so by the numbers maybe so he's just looking for that one next big thing even if it's gonna kill him yeah which we see at the end could could it be a statement about the current state of movies you know uh, where uh, could be talking about people like Scorsese and Tarantino talking about superhero movies possibly well certainly when I was reading up about it afterwards um it was
0: something that suggested.
1: Yeah, it doesn't surprise me at all, because those uh, two particular directors have been very outspoken about the state of Hollywood movies over the last few years. Yeah, see, Jordan Peele said he wrote this during
0: um, COVID, and yeah, and that was a time where Hollywood
1: was really on its, on its knees. Yeah, and it, I think the small cast as well sort of reflects the fact that it was, one, written during COVID, and two, probably shot and shot during covid times as well yeah it's very um, very minimal yeah um,
0: big open spaces um, yeah and lots of distance between each actor at times as mm, well yeah Um, okay so um, yeah the angel um, turns back up at the rants and yeah he highlights this cloud that's never moves
1: and yeah because he's hacked into the security footage hasn't he to some Yeah. and he's he's seen that this like because he gives a time lapse of the shots that he's had and shows that just one cloud does not move throughout the whole day so clearly this ship or whatever it is is hiding behind that cloud constantly mm. uh, so
0: yeah if we go back to the theme park and introduces or Ricky sorry introduces a live show um, where he plans to use the horse Lucky as bait to lure out the UFO yeah. so for months Ricky has been offering the UFO the horses that he's been buying and the UFO arrives earlier than expected and devours um, Ricky and everyone in attendance at the show yeah so this bit did confuse me even on a second watch I didn't think it was obvious that Ricky was doing these shows and the UFO would turn up like surely someone that had attended the show would have like reported this (laughs) like or got yeah like, mm. like if you've got a UFO turning up every time on cue uh, you're not going to call in, like, a news agency or someone to film
1: it? <laughs> Probably not even just a news agency. You'd be calling every single government agency around, the CIA, the FBI, and, um, you know, people like that. There is no way that they could have got away with this as long as they did.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. It's yeah.
1: kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I think this is where... You know how they say about jumping the shark? I think this is the jump the shark moment, where it's like this is where the believability starts going out of the window.
0: Yeah, I just don't. Yeah, I just don't really get it. This show because uh, yeah, like, I understand the fact that he's attracting the the UFO to turn up because he's got this horse, which is effectively a sacrifice. Yeah. Um. So the UFO eats the horse, and
1: then it just clears off. Like yeah, once... there's no way it doesn't want to go back for everything else. Like, yeah. there's there's human... There's there's organic material there that it could clearly eat, and it's not. It's just going to be pretty satisfied with one horse. Yeah, and, and
0: on this occasion, because it turns up earlier than expected, why does that suddenly mean it's more hungry and it wants to eat the other people as well?
1: I don't get it. Now yeah I didn't get that as well but it's also that thing where I said earlier it's like you don't look an apex predator in the eye and maybe because they all looked at it it got angry yeah but in the previous shows it's done
0: what are they doing what's the audience well they're clearly probably doing
1: I agree they're probably doing this the exact same thing Yeah. so why hasn't it eaten anyone else at any other show and why (laughs) why has Duke managed to survive every other single one but this one
0: yeah I do honestly, though, feel like we both might be missing something here because I've never heard this criticism levelled at the film by literally anyone. Yeah. So I um, think we might be missing something here.
1: I think we probably are, and it'd be interesting to probably go back and see. But it might be, it might be one of those ones that's warranted another, another watch. But like you said, after a second watch, you still didn't quite understand it Hmm. so maybe it's just not explained very well yeah um okay so
0: um yeah on this occasion um the ufo just eats the people and uh, leaves lucky um alive the horse so yeah oj Attempts to go and retrieve Lucky, realizing that the UFO um, is like a predatory organism. Yeah. And um, after this, this is where we have the whole scene we talked about earlier with the the creature showering the Haywood household with
1: all the remains of the uh, the the crowd. Yeah, because it's it's tracked Ojo back to the ranch, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. Followed it there with Lucky. And he manages to get into into the barn. I think it is to put to put Lucky back, and he has to hide in there. Yeah, and yeah, like we said, you get the that excellent shot of everything just raining down on the house, including like pools of blood. Yeah, he he doesn't go into the barn though. He's he remains in
0: the van because Oh the, yeah, he does. He does. Yeah, you have the bit which I really liked of the um, well, it's a bit of a junk scare as well, where the. Um,
1: plastic horse crashes through his oh, you're right yeah sorry I did forget about that yeah it's, he's in the van and that's when the, the music keeps cutting out and coming back in and he's trying to make phone calls and it's the electrical disturbance causes that and then yeah is that also explained why a lot of electrical disturbances happen around about the time when it's due to attack I think so uh, I don't I just thought there was a lot of electrical
0: disturbance if it was just around, regardless of what it was planning
1: to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, is it explained in the movie at all why electrical disturbances happen? No. Like why are lights flickering, cell phone signals not working and stuff like that? No. I just think yeah. it's one of those things that you just assume... Yeah. yeah, and I think I think it would have gone down quite nicely, maybe if they had explained the mechanics a little bit better. Mm.
0: Uh, so, yeah, OJ, um, he he, <coughs> he realizes that it only attacks those who look directly at it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and yeah, this is when he devise, devises a plan to record it. So, Emma um, uh, Angel. Um, they're both hesitant until M um, receives a call back from Holtz who now agrees
1: to help yeah and he's been devising a way of capturing the footage without an electrical camera
0: yeah Um. so yeah he's got this hand cranked uh, IMAX film camera um, mm-hmm. and the, the plan is to bait out the UFO with a field of electric, electrically powered up tube man props. Um,
1: uh, the wacky, waving, inflatable, arm flaming tube men.
0: Yeah.
1: Hell uh, those things. Yeah. I don't I mean, Literally, like, they, they, they hundreds, establish like this you. whole. Yeah, but they establish this, don't they, by going past the dealership where there's absolutely tons of them and they just nick them.
0: Yeah, I didn't think there were that
1: many, though. Like, you
0: see how many <laughs> there are in that
1: canyon? There's hundreds, like.
0: You're right, there hundreds. are far too
1: there are far too many on this on this ranch there were actually at this dealership yeah the dealership had like 8 of them <laughs> there's
0: definitely yeah, but then, more than
1: 8 of them yeah there's just so many acres of like of uh, ranch land here and it, they are scattered throughout yeah well, anyway um,
0: yeah so um, they have these tube men which they're set up because they're going to Help deduce its location in the sky because you'll see that they'll fall down when it's above them.
1: Yeah, I think this is a really good plan actually to devise where where it's going to be. Yeah, so it it seems to work and it works along with what information that you've had throughout there with the electrical disturbances and um, things not working when around the, when it's hovering above basically.
0: Yeah. Um, so. We have this uh, invade this trespasser who is the the
1: what did you call him um, the guy on the electric bike. Um, yeah, he works for TMZ. I believe his character name is Ryder Maybridge. Okay. Or Moybridge, but it's not explained. But also, if his name is actually Ryder and he's riding a motorbike, that's a bit on the nose.
0: Yeah, and I also thought it was very convenient that he had an electric bike. Uh yeah, that's far too convenient for me. Yeah. Like I get why because it shows him being thrown off it when the bike comes near the UFO, but it was like yeah, a little too convenient there.
1: Also, I know he's in an empty field or an empty ranch, but he's clearly going at quite some speed when he when the bike cuts out and he crashes, yet the bike sustains absolutely no damage whatsoever. And is still able to be ridden later on. Well it doesn't technically crash into anything. Yeah, but he's thrown off of it. Yeah. And it's it slides and does anything, but yet it you know, you think with even with an impact quite like that, even though it's not hit anything it would still sustain some kind of damage to the actual structure of the bike, but mm. it, it gets nothing. It's, it's like it's not even a scratch on it.
0: Mm. Uh, so, yeah, he's um, he eventually gets devoured by the alien. Um, yeah. And though Holst captures the footage of the UFO, his obsession with the, the impossible shot, results in him um, running up onto the mountainside with his camera um, and f- forcing the remain the other three of them to flee
1: um, yeah doesn't he basically point the camera directly at the eye of, eye of the beast yeah yeah it's bad move but yeah um, <laughs> I should probably ask now as well
0: because this is where we get a full picture of what
1: this thing looks like. Is this where it looks like the mouth is like kites? Yeah, well, we we have a full, full
0: look at what it. Oh looks. yeah,
1: it's it's like classic saucer, isn't it? Like saucer look of what you would see from like classic alien movies, yeah. isn't it? It's like You're circular, right. but then but then it's got like the the section underneath that's like circular that's supposed to be the mouth. Yeah, but then we see it. Um
0: yeah, I suppose this is a little bit later on, actually, when it like goes into a totally
1: different creature, almost from this. Yeah, that's what I mean by like the kites thing, because it does the the mouth, and it looks—it's quite square, isn't it? Yeah, like, yeah. Like kite upon kite upon a kite upon another kite, and it's yeah. like you see that shot like about two or three times throughout this like last third, and it felt a little bit weird to me because it just it didn't seem organic at all yeah it's uh, something i've heard it
0: um well i'll shout out to um listener stig um mm. i remember reading his um letterbox review of this film and yep. um he mentioned how it like is peacocking um, oh right okay like to try That's... and attract the attention is it's like trying to say to all three of them like hey look at me because we've got we've got that bit after holster's been eaten where Mm -hmm. um you've got on one side of the alien oj and then the other side of it is um on the bike is m yeah and it's like peacocking itself towards both of them yeah Um, trying to get it their attention are like almost daring them both to look it in the eye
1: yeah i see what you mean now actually that's a really good way of probably describing it it's it's trying to assert its own dominance right, to some degree yeah um, cuz it is like a territorial creature and it's yeah i mean it you, you would think that it's probably been there for quite a number of years as well yeah if this keeps happening on on a frequent basis then it is clearly the most apex predator in the entire region, and it, it would probably do that. It would be like I'm going to assert my dominance over these mere people because they are my prey. Yeah. But they're not looking at me. And no, needs... and that's that, that's why
0: it gets annoyed. Yeah, probably. Um, so then we have this <coughs> this chase sequence of. Um, uh, M on the bike and she rides to the theme park mm-hmm. because she, she knows that the only way they're going to be able to get snap this creature now because um, the footage on the on the film camera has been destroyed uh, yep. is to get a photo of it and the only way to do that is to get it above this um, this
1: well. Yeah, it's got a camera mounted inside the well on a crank. Yeah. So it's it's a mechanical one, like with the the film camera that that Hulst had. Yeah. Um, and in order to attract it, she
0: lets off um, that inflatable cowboy. Yeah, and, then, and it's supposed to be it's supposed to be like Ricky, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And um, I also think it's like alluding to. So what's what's more Hollywood than? A old-fashioned cowboy that's very true actually yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah that's um, what gets eaten by the alien
1: well yeah it's a it's a constant theme throughout to some degree throughout the the movie is the fact that they're they're ranchers they've worked with horses and those horses have been used in westerns like for many many years even to the point where um, M uh, M's opening um, monologue where she's explaining the safety stuff is talking about how her great-great-great-great-grandfather was a, was the first black man on a Hollywood movie riding a horse.
0: Yeah.
1: So, yeah, it seems to be that that is probably the... You know, there is a hero to to some degree and that hero is a, a cowboy. Even, even if it is an inflatable one.
0: Mm. So, yeah, the eventually the alien does take the bait and um yeah consumes this uh, inflatable cowboy yep. and just as it does so um and manages to crank the 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 well so it takes the shot and yep. um yeah she's got oh just a quick shout out to the um i think it's a kira style um Motorbike slide that she does. I really love that. Yep,
1: actually, that was in the trivia that Jordan Pills did that specifically because one, he's a massive fan of Akira, and two, he was actually coined to direct the live-action Akira but turned it down. Right. Uh, yeah, I really thought that was cool. Um, yeah, it's 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 a brilliant shot. Once again, it's a, it's another example of. Jordan Peele being the filmmaker's filmmaker he knows a shot and he knows a composition of a shot and it's great Mm.
0: and I also really loved, well I did actually really like how they defeat the the UFO
1: here it's it's essentially defeated by the inflatable isn't it? Yeah
0: because it explodes
1: within its um, stomach I guess (laughs) and well yeah because it's it's stated throughout the film that obviously you have the um, where it has the buntings and it spits the the bunting back out because it's inorganic yeah and it's and they they, I think there was a line that says it's like it was choking on it so it spat it out Mm. and it's sort of setting up the fact that the only way to probably defeat this is through inorganic material yeah it works and I think they, they telegraph it and it makes sense there's nothing that you could say it was like Oh, this is a bit stupid how they took it down. No, it it's completely within the the limits and the mechanics of which it's been set out throughout the movie.
0: Yeah, I'll probably, if I was to be really picky, I would say the weather's pretty good that there's no wind that day that
1: that balloon can go straight <laughs> up with no wind. <laughs> so yeah, I I agree. They get a clear day just to do this, so they get a clear night, like clear afternoon. For all the shots that they need. They get everything that they need. There's no wind to take this inflatable elsewhere. Yeah, you know, They are very lucky in that respect. And also you would think that despite all of this, this is a town, clearly, where there are other people, and yet nobody else is seeing all of this going on either. Well, the, yeah, this was weird at the very end. Once she's
0: um, taken the photo of it and you see that the alien's dead, and I really like the bit where she's basically like punching the air in the um, yeah. And Yeah, and then say, you get that shot of the actual alien from the camera. Yeah. Mm. Um, and she's saying like nobody messes with um, the Haywoods, something like that. Um, I really like that. And then you've got the final shot of um, OJ on the horse with the smoky background. dust, there. yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Did you think he died? Um, when you first watched it? No. Okay, because I thought he, he he copped it. Right.
0: So only when I saw I thought, that shot of
1: him... Yeah, go on. Only so. because I thought there's no way that he's going to look this thing in the eye. Mm. So why would it eat him? I... So now, my thought behind that was that I thought he would have done for solely just to protect the fact that he didn't want his sister being killed by Eva. Right. So it was like the noble sacrifice. Um. Mm. Uh,
0: so what I was yeah I was going to mention was when you said about how as no one else in the town noticed this, I did think it was weird how out of nowhere there's all these news crews just right yeah. outside the theme park that all start to walk in straight away yeah like they weren't there a second ago
1: um, no they weren't <laughs> yeah so anyway a little, bit, a little bit like convenient isn't it
0: mm-hmm.
1: now the only other question I do have about this and it's one thing we kind of brushed over is the explanation of what happens on the sitcom with Gordy right now he knows that Ricky is there underneath the table yet yeah, I'm not sure why Ricky's the only one that survives out of all of this um, because you the... even have this moment where he tries to bump his hands, doesn't he yeah the reading I had on that was that
0: he is also a kid that's effectively yeah. being exploited for money. Okay. So, good. The Gordy has some kind of relationship with
1: him there. Like yeah, he's almost the, sympathetic. To some degree, yes, but there's also another child there, which is Billy yeah. Joe. Yeah. I agree, and she, yeah. yet, she gets her face absolutely torn off by by Gord uh, by Gordy, mm-hmm. and you see it later on in the movie that she's actually in the crowd. Uh, at the ranch. Um, another thing, oh, though. Or oh, the show, sorry. Something I've I thought I've
0: just thought of actually. Yeah. The thing that sets Gordy off is a balloon popping. Yep. And just before he does the fist bump, and before he sees him under the table, mm-hmm. another balloon pops. Oh, it does. Yeah, you're right. So that's kind of like a light switch thing.
1: Oh okay, yeah. So it was tri- like you would say it was triggered by the balloon popping to where it's got it's had this quite aggressive moment where it's killed two adults and torn the face off of someone.
0: Yeah,
1: um, and that also chimes and, into the inflatable popping within the alien. Makes sense. Yeah. See that this is what I mean it's quite well done to some degree all the themes are set out there within the film but you just have to find them I guess
0: yeah it's kind of like it's one of those films that you have to watch more than once to get everything I think so yeah and also unless you're really intelligent and pick up on all these things straight away you're probably going to need to read about it
1: afterwards more than likely yeah which is probably what I did as well which is where I was Reading up a little, a few little things that didn't make sense to me at the time, mm. they make a bit more sense upon discussion with yourself. But I still think that some of it is not as well explained in the movie as it probably should be.
0: Yeah, I think that's why Get Out works
1: better because I think the
0: th- I think the theme is effectively a lot more simpler to get across. It's basically saying racism is bad. Um, but yeah I agree I and agree. It, and it's just like quite a very clear theme to get across whereas and I know it's got other themes in there that are a lot deeper than that core message that you mm-hmm. re- might need to read about afterwards but i think yeah this this film um, requires a lot more from yeah. the, from the viewer
1: Yeah, I'd say Get Out definitely works better by having the very simplistic sort of basic interpretation of the movie, which has more complex underlying themes that require a bit more additional reading, whereas this one has far too many, probably a few too many complex themes that require um, extra reading, and it probably isn't well explained in the movie.
0: Yeah. And that's kind of felt, that's very much how I feel about us as well. Like I think we should really add us to um, to the list of films to watch, seeing as you haven't seen it.
1: Yeah, it's been on my list of films that I've needed to watch, but it's just one of those ones that I've never gotten around to watching. Same with same with this as well, with Nope, mm-hmm. where I'd seen it advertised and was like, oh, it's a Jordan Peele movie, I probably should watch this, and just never got around to doing so. So perfect time to watch it for a podcast I guess mm-hmm. so what let's wrap it up and um, sure just give it a what rating would you give it so I said at the beginning of this that this was a note from me and yeah okay most of that was for comedic value I'd say <laughs> um, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen in my life because there are so many others that are a lot worse than this like there are a huge amount of positives from this, where it's shot really well, it's acted very well, like um, the dialogue is tight. It's um, and I would say as well, it's whilst it being a two-hour movie, it is quite a, it's quite a pacey two hours. It doesn't feel like it's more, it's overstays its welcome. I just feel like, like we've said throughout some of the stuff is not as explained as well as it should be and there are a few contrivances with narrative like like you said where he's been doing these shows for ages but yet this is the one time where everyone gets hoovered up you know there are some, some contrivances I don't feel like it hinders the enjoyment of the movie to, to some degree but it does have a little bit of a negative effect on it so I would probably say this is a three maybe a three and a half for me I'll go back and watch it again it's enjoyable but it's not high up in the list of films that I would go back immediately to watch again because I've either missed something or I really enjoyed the narrative it's one of those ones that was like okay I fancy a rewatch of this I might give it another go yeah Um, so yeah three, three or three and a half for me either one of the two I can't quite decide I'd go slightly
0: higher I'd give it a three and a half to a four Um, I I think repeated watching has helped um, clarify things for me Um, but everything that you said about it I pretty much agree with Um, the the only thing I would that makes me rate it a little higher is that I think the craft of it is so good Mm. Um, like And it's been a really interesting discussion and not many films do that um, successfully. Not many films elicit such an in-depth discussion about its themes and things like that. And um, yeah, so that's why I would give it a little height. The only thing I would disagree with you on is I actually think that, yeah, it's a two-hour film. I actually think the pacing is pretty, is too slow to me, and I remember thinking this when I first saw it. It felt a lot longer than it than it is. Um, Okay. And I get that there's a lot of tension building, but
1: Mm. I don't know. To me, it just felt really quite long the first time. That's fair enough. Now, Um, for me, like I, when I was watching this, I had to pause it probably about halfway through. Just like I said, I was watching it sort of in between you know, starting work, so uh, I paused it, it was on the hour and fifteen minute mark, so there was about forty-five minutes left to go, and I thought, this doesn't feel like an hour and fifteen minutes has gone by, it feels like forty-five, so it was like it moved at a rapid pace for me, and I felt there wasn't a lot there, personally, that could have been taken out or left on the cutting room floor because I felt most of it was pretty sufficient. Mm. So, yeah, I, I understand your criticism of it of course I I wouldn't agree myself which is fine we can agree to disagree but the one thing I will absolutely agree with you is this is an old school sort of type of movie that warrants discussion because there are so many themes in there that require that discussion and I think it's good for that reason
0: yeah
1: alright cool let's wrap it up though it's been um, one of our longer episodes I think uh, y- yeah and probably rightly so because it's a film that required a lot of discussion yeah <laughs> so
0: okay so no. um, do you want to let people know where they can find
1: you course. Cool. Uh, yeah, so you can find well, I'm not on Twitter myself but I do run the Rapid Reviews radio podcast um, Twitter which is at RR radio Pod, so if you need to get hold of me there you can do so. Uh, we're also in uh, various discords including Rapid Reviews UK, Modern Escapism and a few others. Um, I'm, and Other than that you can email us at uh, Podcast at gmail.com
0: yeah so on twitter we are at Neverwatchers if you want to send us any feedback um, so yeah i think um, next time i think are we are we going back to the mcu with loki
1: uh, so Loki will be will be out by the time the next episode is around but it's being released um, weekly so oh, we right, probably okay. won't be able to cover it until mid-November possibly right okay Okay. well we'll put up another poll then for the, the
0: next film and uh, it will be whatever is selected by you guys listening
1: yeah so just to put it on uh, uh, openly to you we choose two films each that we put up for the poll that obviously, either one of us hasn't watched, so it'll be two. Two I haven't seen, or two that Kurt hasn't seen, and then you choose out of them.
0: Yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye.
1: Bye.